Today's podcast is brought to you by the Prime original series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, now nominated for 14 Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Comedy Series and Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series for Rachel Brosnahan's performance as Midge Maisel. Consider it marvelous in all categories. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Season 2 of Chasing Emmy, the podcast for Emmy voters, fans of the show, and our friends too. I am Henry Goldblatt, Editor-in-Chief of Entertainment Weekly, and both my colleagues Kristen Baldwin and Lynette Rice have also been renewed for Season 2. Renewal! We're renewed! We didn't get canceled! Huge, huge license fees coming my way. We are not a one-season wonder. (laughs) It's a miracle. We're not show killers, actually. That's the thing. <laughs> we are not. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves, please. <laughs> we are excited to come back to you for five episodes in the next five weeks. We are going to be going through all of the Emmy nominees. They were announced on July 12th, and we're going to be going through each of the categories, telling you our thoughts about who should win, who will win, some of the people that we think were overlooked in the various categories. We'll talk about previous winners, any trends in the categories. We're going to have a very, very good time, and I'm psyched to do it with two of my very good friends and colleagues. We are going to be starting this episode talking about the comedy categories, and there's been there's a lot of nominees. There's a lot to go through, so I want to just dive right in with Outstanding Comedy Actress. Kristen, do you want to take us through the nominees here? And the nominees are Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. This is her third nomination. No wins yet. Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, her first nomination. Allison Janney for Mom. They love her. Two nominations in this category. She has uh, not won in this category, though she won twice for Mom in Supporting Actress. Lily Tomlin, Grace and Frankie, fourth nomination. No wins yet. Pamela Adlon from Better Things, second nomination. And Issa Rae from Insecure. It's her first nomination as well. All right, Lynette, what surprised you in this category? Who are the people that were omitted that you were like, holy crap? Okay, well, first of all, I think it's very ballsy for Allison Janney to put herself in this category. <laughs> you do? Tell us why. Well, because we already she's already established herself as the winner in Supporting Actress. And the fact is, is that I, I, I realize that the show pretty much finds its comedy between... Anna and Allison's character is, is mom and, and daughter, but it's really about the daughter's plight. So she's definitely the lead there. I don't have necessarily a problem with her competing here. It's just, I mean, I mean, that's some guts. It is some guts. The show is called Mom, after all, and Anna Ferris is technically the mom. She's the mom. Allison plays the mom, too, but... She's more the grandmom. She's the grandmom. This, yeah, Anna's the mom-mom. So, uh, that said, if you compare to who she's up against, my God, I still think she has a good chance in this category. So, I was incredibly surprised. We'll get to who we think should win and will win in a couple minutes, but I was really surprised Deborah Messing was omitted from this category for Will and Grace, who's a multiple-time nominee. I was surprised Allison Brie from Glow was not nominated in this category. We'll get to supporting actress in a comedy a little later and find that her co-star, Betty Gilpin, was. Christian, was there anyone else that you saw that was overlooked in this category that you were like, holy crap, that's a mistake? 
You know, I definitely agree with you on both of those. I really thought Deborah Messing would get it. She's fantastic on the show. And same with Alison Brie. I mean, that whole ensemble is amazing, but she really is the focus of the show. So that was shocking to me. That said, you know, I was really hoping, though I didn't think it would necessarily happen, Kristen Bell from The Good Place. You know, she's got a lot of goodwill toward her. I'm really surprised, though, that Gina Rodriguez didn't get it for Jane the Virgin. Uh, that's a show that is critically beloved and you know, she's an awards darling as well. So that was kind of a surprise to me. I'm also surprised Jane Fonda didn't sneak in in this category. And she has in the past for Grace and Frankie. We saw Lily Tomlin be nominated, of course. And I don't know if I had to choose between Grace or Frankie. Like, it's a hard one for me. Yeah, I do. It is a Sophie's Choice for the voters. But, you know, the good news is there are so many qualified candidates in this category. And that's great. And it's nice to see Issa Rae get a nomination, and of course Pamela Adlon, who whose better things is uh, sort of under the radar, but it's so fantastic. But yeah, it does come at the expense of some bigger names. What's interesting about this category this year is that we're going to have a new winner for the first time in five years because Julia Louis-Dreyfus has won from 2012 to 2017. Before that, Melissa McCarthy had won from Mike and Molly in 2011. So we're going to have a brand new winner this year. Lynette, we're going to go around the table. Start us off with who you think should win. Wow. Uh, I think Rachel should win for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I love underdog wins uh, at the Emmys, and this was a breakout role for her. I think this is a niche performer. I don't think a lot of people saw this show. I'm concerned that voters won't even see this show, but I believe that Rachel Brosnahan should win. Kristen, how about you? You know what? I would love to say... It's it, I'm tied. My my or my loyalties are sort of torn. I really love Pamela Adlon and her show Better Things did not get us a uh, comedy nomination. So I and I want to see that show get some love. So although it's a close second for Rachel Brosnahan as well, because she's fantastic and Mrs. Maisel. But I'm going to pick one to be fair. So Pamela Adlon. OK, my should win is Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish who, if nothing else, she deserves a Lifetime Achievement Award for everything that she's given pop culture and television in general. And she was just superb in a very, very, very serious and kind of dark season of Blackish, and managed to bring some humor and joy to some very difficult plot lines. So I think she's terrific. I'd love to see her. I'd love to see her win. She's my should win. And I'm going to start with the will wins. And I think Rachel Brosnahan is the one who will take this category for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I think it was sort of a pop culture breakthrough. I don't think a lot of people knew her beforehand. People who've seen the show really enjoyed it. And it's one of those shows that's getting a lot of word of mouth action. And word of mouth action sounds super dirty, but it's not. It does. (laughs) does. It's one of those shows that's getting a lot of word of mouth action. So she is my pick for Will Win. Lynette, who is your pick for Will Win? Okay, after totally getting up at her grill for changing categories, I'm totally thinking Alice and Jenny will win this category. I feel like she's going to win it. All right, Kristen, who's going to win? I'm torn again because I do think the Academy, all voters for every Academy, probably even the Grammys, they love Alice and Jamie. And so uh, I think there's a very good chance she will win. The uh, only thing that makes me think that Rachel Brosnahan will win is that I do think they're going to want to acknowledge that show, but they're not going to want to give it best comedy series. So this may be their nod to it. On the other hand, they could give it to Amy Sherman Palladino for writing or directing. So... I'm going to go with Rachel, uh, even though I think there's a 
49% chance that Alice and Janney could walk away with it because she is beloved. If this were the Golden Globes, can we all agree that Rachel Brosnahan would be the one who winning this category since they seem to want to reward the young ingenue? Absolutely. Okay, let's move on to Outstanding Comedy Actor. Lynette, do you want to take us through the nominees in this category? Okay. Donald Glover from Atlanta. Bill Hader from Barry, the first person we interviewed for the podcast, but, you know, we're not taking full credit here. Uh, Anthony Anderson from Blackish, Ted Danson from The Good Place, William H. Macy from Shameless, and Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. This is a category that has a lot of repeat nominees, but people who've never won before. Larry David has six nominations and no wins. William H. Macy has five nominations and no wins. Anthony Anderson has four nominations and no wins. Are you sensing a trend here? Ted Danson has 12 nominations and two wins, and he actually had was the most nominated actor in this category, beating both Kelsey Grammer and Alan Alda. Do we think Ted Danson is the best comedy actor of our time on TV? Emmy seemed to think so. That's interesting. He's in top three, I would have to say. Who are the other two? Look, you're you're all going to laugh at me, but are we talking dead or alive? Either. Phil Hartman has to be number one or number two if we're talking about. I know that this wouldn't necessarily be, it's not the same thing. I would go Phil Hartman. And yeah, you, you know, Kelsey Grammer, although I always found the other, the surrounding people on Frasier funnier than Frasier himself. Is that heresy to say? It is. It is. Look. Ted Danson is fantastic, uh, so I believe he should have more than two wins. She didn't say Ray Romano. <laughs> no, she certainly didn't. She didn't say Andy Griffith either. I meant to say Kevin James. I'm just doing that to make Henry's hair stand on end. <laughs> Literally, all the rest of my hair just fell out. Thank you. Okay, so previous winners in this category, um, Donald Glover won it in 2017, and he was the first African-American actor to win in this category since 1985. Kristen, do you know who won in 1985? It's a show beloved to your heart right now. Oh, uh, Robert Guillaume? Yes, for Benson. Did you love Benson, Kristen? I loved Benson. I loved the show it spun off, or that it was a spinoff of, Soap. Um and he was fantastic in both, and he, he was also obviously great in Sports Night. So basically, Robert Guillaume can do no wrong. 32 years it took for another African-American man to win in this category, which is stunning to me. 2015 and 16, Jeffrey Tambor won. In 2013 and 14, Jim Parsons won. In 2012, John Cryer won. And in 2010 and 11, Jim Parsons won. And I feel like those were all choices from Lynette. I remember when John Cryer won, and that was just like, he looked exhausted going up on stage because he had been doing that show for so, like, finally I got my love. Well, that was a sympathy award because wasn't, didn't he win the season that Charlie Sheen went crazy and, like, everyone just felt so badly for it, John Cryer? Yes, it feels like it's around that time, yes. Any snubs in this category, Kristen, that people that you thought should have been nominated that weren't? There are a couple, but I think uh, one that I was really hoping would get a nomination is Mark Marin for Glow. And I believe he'd probably go in lead instead of supporting if you sort of equate him as the male lead against uh, Alison Brie. So season one, he's fantastic. He's very funny, but also shows a soft side. And even in season two, his character develops even more. So it's possible that he'll get a nomination for that next year. But I was thinking he would squeak in. I had two snubs in particular, both from revivals. The first was John Goodman from Roseanne. I really thought he was going to get 
something, despite the fact that we all knew Roseanne was not going to get a Best Comedy nomination, but I thought that he would be rewarded. And I got to be honest, Eric McCormick, like that one stunned me. I thought he slipped back into that character so effortlessly and was so funny and agile and delivered such a great performance. I was sad to not see him nominated. And if, not to get picky, but there are a couple of people in this category I would take their nominations away just to give Eric McCormick his. Well, I'd say the same for Larry David, too, because there was such an uneven return to the show, and I was charmed more by his supporting cast than Larry. I will second, third, and fourth that. I mean, he seems like a lovely guy, obviously a talented actor, but what in the name of all is holy? Why do they keep nominating him for this show? Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. I loved that last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think I was in the minority. I think Kristen is shooting daggers with her eyes at me right now. I loved it, but I agree with you, Lynette, that some of the supporting work was much richer there. All right, Kristen, start us off. Who do you think should win in this category? think Bill Hader should win. And I'm saying that because Donald Glover has already won. And also because Bill Hader did something really unexpected. You know, this show, as we've talked about on the podcast before, on the surface, it was sort of sold as like wacky hitman comedy, but it actually went a lot deeper. And even though he was incredibly funny on the show, he also played a Marine and with PTSD and he had a, a lot of sort of dramatic moments that were quite moving. And it was just a very unexpected and rich performance from him and I would love to see him get the win. How about you, Lynette? I I agree. I I, I I that show caught me by surprise. The idea at first, it's like, can I sign on for this? But I did, and he was he was incredible, and I he was believable in his serious moments too, as trying to be when he went to go shoot people and kill people. He was scary. I thought that was a pretty amazing transition from SNL. My should and will win is the same person. I think Donald Glover deserves it for the second year in a row. This second season of Atlanta, Atlanta Robin season, was so creative and wonderful and weird and twisted and unlike anything else on TV. And he's just the glue that holds that cast together. And he's out, he, he literally is an outstanding comedy actor. So he is my should and will win. Kristen, who is your will win? I think I got to go with Donald Glover, too, although I, a little voice in my head is saying, but what about Ted Danson? Because he's another one that, you know, this is a new show that's gotten a lot of sort of critical momentum and fans love it. And it's uh, word of mouth. It's, it's got some hot word of mouth action, Henry. So uh, I do wonder if he could come out as a dark horse. But I think overall, especially this being the year that Donald Glover also released music as Childish Gambino and that made such a big impact, I think he's really going to be the one to beat. Lynette, how about you? I think it's Bill Hader again. It's an HBO comedy. The voters love HBO comedies. And it's he's a great underdog who just showed up with this unorthodox character. I think it's his. Well, that does it for the lead categories. Up next, we're going to be talking about the supporting categories and, of course, the big award itself, Best Comedy. So stay tuned. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Prime original series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, from executive producers Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino. It stars Rachel Brosnahan, Alex Borstein, and Tony Shalhoub. 
winner of two Golden Globes, and now nominated for 14 Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Comedy Series and Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series for Rachel Brosnahan's performance as Midge Maisel. Open your heart to the show Entertainment Weekly calls a perfectly cast delight. Consider it marvelous in all categories, including Outstanding Comedy Series. Welcome back to Chasing Emmy, the podcast for Emmy voters, fans, and our friends. I'm Henry. I'm here with Lynette and Kristen. We're talking about the comedy categories that were the Emmy Awards were announced on July 12th, and we're sort of doing a deep dive in who should win, who will win, some of the snubs that we were disappointed by. I wanted to us to start with Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy. Kristen, do you want to take us through those nominees? Uh, So we have Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta. It's his first nomination in this category. He was nominated last year for a guest turn on This Is Us. He was fantastic. Louis Anderson from Baskets. It's his third nomination, and he's won once. Alec Baldwin for Saturday Night Live. This is his second nomination in this category. He's had one win, and he won lead actor in a comedy in 2008-2009. Titus Burgess from Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, fourth nomination, no wins. Henry Winkler, what, what, first nomination in this category. He's never won an Emmy. He's, sorry, I'm just, so I can't even. This is his nomination for Barry. He's had five previous nominations. He's never won. Rectify this immediately. Keenan Thompson, Saturday Night Live, his first nomination. He's been on the show since like 1902. It's ridiculous. He's so good. And then... Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This is his first nomination in supporting. He has three awards and eight nominations for Monk. He was pregnant with Emmys on that show. What do you think of this category, Lynette? Is there anyone that you were surprised that was omitted? Back to our favorite show, uh, Will and Grace. I was... I. I was convinced even more so than the, the supporting actors, Sean Hayes and, of course, Megan Mullally, who we'll talk about in a little bit, would get the nominations. And nothing for Sean here. And Sean, just watching that man, the physical comedy he has to pull off on that show. And everyone's aged now on that show. And he still moves around like a little young tug, little, little kid. Just, I mean, it's, it, he's extraordinary, and, and and he didn't get a nomination. I was really surprised by that. Kristen, anyone that you were surprised was omitted here? You know, there was no one from Modern Family. Obviously, uh, Ty Burrell won in 2014, and uh, he's somebody who's sort of a perennial favorite. But I think with Modern Family heading into its last season, uh, and Lynette and I talked about this a little bit on the nominations po- uh, podcast, that this is the year that the Academy can kind of leave them out, because next year they'll have to do sort of the, the farewell. But it was still a surprise. It's been many years that they've appeared in these categories, so that was a bit of a shock. And Ty Burrell, still very funny. So Alec Baldwin won this category in 2017, Louis Anderson in 2016, and Tony Hale won it in 2015, and Ty Burrell, as you mentioned, in 2014. Lynette, I'm going to start with you. Who is your should win in this category? As much as I love the wink... Uh, I'm going to say Keenan Thompson. Uh, he's He's been on that show longer. Just what you said, like 1902. He's the only one who has longevity on that show as you watch now. And he's brilliant, especially when he does the celebrity family feud. I love that. Yeah, uh, Keenan Thompson all the way. 
Kristen, who's your choice for should win? It pains me to say this, but I do think it has to go to Keenan because, you know, Barry has a second season. I bet Henry can be nominated again. Henry's also got a great life. You know, he's doing fine. Oh, listen to your already, like, rationalizing. He doesn't really need an Emmy. I don't think we should go there. He doesn't really need an Emmy. Keenan has, like, done such hard work on that show and such, you know, the type of work that is really essential to a sketch comedy show but doesn't always get the attention or the glory. And he's so freaking funny. And I just feel like if they don't give it to him now, they're never going to give it to him. Whereas with with The Wink, he probably has another shot at it. So I got to say the should win is Keenan. The Wink has five previous nominations, Kristen, but no wins. I mean, I think he'd get a, he definitely would get the standing ovation if he won, right? They'd be, he'd be so cute up there, too. He'd have a really heartfelt speech, and he'd tell us all that, that he loves us. Who's going to give the best speech? That's, that's how they should choose these. Still, I'm going Keenan. I'm so torn here. So I'm going to give you my should and will win in all sort of one jumbled thought. I think... I'm tied and should win between Keenan Thompson and Brian Tyree Henry for all the reasons that you guys mentioned about Keenan Thompson. Brian Tyree Henry puts in this performance as Paperboy on Atlanta that infuses what could be a one-dimensional character with such depth and humanity and humor and pathos. Like, I'm super into that performance. And I think it's going to be my gut, because Atlanta was the most nominated comedy, is that this is going to be a big night for Atlanta. So I think he's going to ultimately, I think he's ultimately going to win. I have a little soft spot in my heart for Keenan Thompson, too, of course, as a should win. So that's my jumbled answer for should and will. Lynette, who is your will win? All right, my will win is Alec Baldwin. I think because of his just trumpiness, uh, even though it wasn't always dead on for me, it wasn't always funny, uh, I think it's extremely relevant uh, and it's really changed what SNL is. So I feel like it's Alec Baldwin all the way here. So I have a slight different opinion that I think his impression peaked and that Emmy voters are going to realize that. Kristen, how about you? On the one hand, I do think that even though I agree with you that Alec Baldwin's impression is sort of peaked and it's, you know, it's funny sometimes, not funny other times. For many in the voting block, they would be voting almost with the idea that knowing our current president hates the impression and it would feel good to them to vote for it and let him get an Emmy. And that might override logic. Uh, On the other hand, I think probably I agree with your rationale, Henry, and I think it's going to be Brian Tyree Henry because it'll it'll almost be like they're making up for the fact that he wasn't nominated last year for Atlanta and he continued to do incredible work this year. And I think you're right. It's going to be a, a big night for Atlanta. All right. We're going to go move on to Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy. And I'm prefacing this because I think this is the most competitive category in the entire Emmy Awards season. I'm going to take you through who is nominated. It's crazy. Basically, it's eight names. Zazie Beetz from Atlanta. It's her first nomination. Betty Gilpin from Glow. It's her first nomination as well. Lori Metcalf from Roseanne. It's her fifth nomination and three wins. She's one of only two actresses who's won three times in this category. She's tied with Valerie Harper. And fun fact, they're just slightly behind Doris Roberts and Rhea Perlman, who have four wins apiece, who hold the record in the category. You've got Leslie Jones for her second nomination for SNL. Kate McKinnon, her fifth nomination and second, and she's won twice for SNL. A.D. Bryant, her first nomination for SNL. Alex Bornstein from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This is her first Emmy nomination. And Megan Mullally, the only Will and Grace principal to be nominated. This is her eighth nomination and her second win. And holy crap, eight people nominated. This category is crazy, crazy, crazy competitive. And while I'm on a roll here, 
I started coming up with all the people I thought were snubbed, which is also like you could have a whole category in and of itself with that. Jane Krakowski for Kimmy Schmidt, who's been nominated before, who's incredible. Rita Moreno for One Day at a Time. How do you not nominate Rita Moreno? Sarah Gilbert for Roseanne. Like, it's insane. Kristen, what are your impressions of this category? You know, it's interesting, both this category and Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy, it's just jam-packed and competitive, which is great. You know, the fact that there are so many different, really rich and rewarding and entertaining roles for women on TV right now in the comedy space. I'm glad Megan Mullally got the nod. She's really funny. One of the funniest things I've seen this season was the when she and Grace were trapped in the shower and uh, they were floating around. And, like, just the incredible, like, the fact that she was able to do comedy while while floating and her body language. It was just amazing. So she's a physical comedian and she's still really great at what she does. Just as a, you know, playing that character is obviously very, uh, a very sort of high concept and, and squawky character. Um, I'm so glad to see A.D. Bryant getting nominated. I'm not surprised, but it's really interesting, the psychology to me, that Laurie Metcalf was the only person from Roseanne who got nominated. You know, Sarah Gilbert did great work. John Goodman did great work. It's funny that the Academy felt comfortable enough nominating her, and I almost wonder if the fact that she never commented publicly, I don't believe, on the Roseanne scandal and the cancellation and all of that. She just really stayed out of it. She was doing her work on Broadway. You know, she was just going to focus on the work. I wonder if that helped. Putting aside the fact that she did great work on Roseanne, people were able to really just separate her from that whole ugliness and reward her work. Yeah, John Goodman didn't really say anything either, but I think what helped uh, Lori is that she's won before for the show. And because she's made the critically beloved transition to you know, the big screen with Lady Bird. Yeah, let's not forget she was an Oscar nominee this year and a Tony nominee. I think that definitely helps. But also, she's just damn good. I think John Goodman, obviously, you talk about slipping back into role. He was great with it, but Laurie was always even funnier. Uh, I, and Sarah Gilbert, too. It's funny because I don't necessarily see her as a snub, uh, even though... I. If you can consider what she does elsewhere on TV, and that's the talk, she's just kind of one-dimensional on that show. She comes alive on Roseanne. She's incredible on Roseanne. Lynette, do you remember another time in any other category that there were eight nominees? I was going through, and I couldn't find a single example. Definitely not for this category. Um, and to see that many for Saturday Night Live, I, that's that's marvelous. It's um, It'll be interesting to hear what our could and should because I feel like it's going to come down to the net, the broadcast network shows. I don't have a lot of faith in SNL. All right, Kristen, do you want to start with who is your should win in this category? Even though I know we're talking about Glow season one for this nomination, I'm going to say Betty Gilpin because uh, she's great in season one. She's her character goes through so much more in season two, and she's amazing. I just love it, this. Is you know talk, you mentioned this Henry with uh, Brian Tyree Henry. It's a character who could have been sort of you know one dimensional, the bitchy blonde former TV star, but she's really given it such depth and nuance, and she's funny. And so I'm I really think Betty Gilpin should take it. Lynette, how about you? I believe Kate McKinnon should win for Saturday Night Live. Uh, whenever I tune in and I don't see her used, uh, it's I feel like I want to change a channel. You definitely notice when she is not used a lot 
in an episode. And we'll point out that she won the last two years. She won in 2016 and 2017. I'm going to hedge a little bit here. My should and will win will both be Megan Mullally, basically, for all the reasons that Kristen articulated so well. She slid back into this character more effortlessly than anyone in any revival, basically. And it's like she's been playing this character for the past 20 years continuously. She's so funny, and she does pathos well that episode where it's she presides over rosario's funeral sorry spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it go from laughing with her to crying with her in like a matter of seconds she has some great interplay with beverly leslie like i could go on and on i think she's terrific i think she will win and i think she should win that being said my caveat is i'm gonna i'm already projecting to emmys 2019 and i want betty gilpin to win for supporting actress for season two of glow i actually kristen i agree with you i thought she was outstanding in season one i thought season two was a whole nother level for her and i wish that's the season we were judging her on right now but that's not the case kristen who is your will win You know what? I'm going to go with you, even though Kate has won the last two years and she continues to do great work, I'm going to go with you with Megan because I think, I wonder if even the Academy was a little surprised at the lack of love for Will and Grace, you know, once they saw overall. And I think they there might be a little regret there and they will want to reward that show because it's in everyone's best interest that broadcast TV continues to thrive and, and be celebrated. So I think giving Will and Grace a high profile revival, a, a win in this category with an actress who obviously deserves it would be a nice boost. Lynette, you have the final word in this category. I think it's Laurie Metcalf. Uh, I also think, in addition to the fact that I think voters will have a sense of, you know, empathy for her being the being on the show and helping bring the show back and look what happened. I feel like she, her character represented so many of the more liberal voters uh, of the Academy, you know, she was them. She was the lone uh, liberal on that show. She was the one that was going toe-to-toe with MAGA lover uh, Roseanne. And she, so she was us in those arguments. And it was great. It was, it was awesome. Well, now let's go to the big, big category, Outstanding Comedy. Kristen, do you want to take us through the nominees? Atlanta got its second nomination. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, its first nomination. Blackish, third nomination, no wins. Silicon Valley, five nominations, no wins. Curb Your Enthusiasm, eight nominations, no wins. Glow got its first nomination. Kimmy Schmidt got uh, a nomination, and it's its fourth. It's no has not won. And Barry got its first nomination. Lynette, were there any shows you were surprised not to see on this list? Will and Grace. I agree with you completely. That's insane to me. But definitely Will and Grace. I, I'm... Gosh, I'm just across across the board. I'm I'm shocked. And you know what? I I wouldn't have hated the idea if Roseanne got a nomination. I wouldn't have hated it. It was a solid season. I just don't feel like you can reward her behavior in any way, shape, or form. I feel very badly for John Goodman because I really think, as we talked about, he should have been nominated. And that's a way to recognize the show and the work that the crew and the cast did on the show without awarding her. So, uh, But I wouldn't have given it a Best Comedy nomination. Kristen, any shows that you were surprised that didn't make the list? You know, it's funny because... Uh Veep has won, you know, it won 2017, 2016, 2015. And so 
it being not not uh, eligible this year really opened up some slots. And I was hoping that uh, something like Silicon Valley would maybe not get nominated again and we could throw in something like Better Things or The Good Place. I'm definitely surprised about Will and Grace as well, and I'm thrilled that Barry got a nomination, but I was really surprised that there wasn't a little bit more new blood in this. You know, seeing Curb again, Silicon Valley again, Kimmy Schmidt again just seemed surprising, uh, and at the expense of some some new, you know, first of all, Will and Grace, which seems like a given, and then like Good Place, Better Things, even One Day at a Time. I'm going to say the words crazy ex-girlfriend just because I feel like I need to say them before this podcast is over. I would have loved to see a nomination for that as well. Um, I know that would be a very, 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 very big long shot, but it's one of the shows that made me laugh the most this year. The good news is we will have a new winner, no matter what it is. So uh, it'll there will be some excitement there because both Modern Family and Veep uh, were not nominated. Veep was not eligible, of course. So yeah, what do you make of the Modern Family snub? It's won five times. I still watch Modern Family. I enjoy Modern Family. I definitely think it's it's past its prime. I think uh, you know, given this competition, uh, it probably doesn't need to be nominated again. I'm sure it will be nominated for its final season as sort of a legacy. But, you know, I think it's okay. Kind of breaks my heart in this category. Look at how much it's changed and that these are all single camera comedies now. There's no classic multicams here. Uh, The rules are different in when to bring the jokes in single cam. Some of these are heavier. You know, Blackish has its heavy moments. Atlanta certainly does. Uh, even Barry wasn't like a knee slapper every second. Kimmy Schmidt comes closest to the, even though it's single camera, it comes closest to the sort of formula of a multi-cam traditional sitcom. As does Curb Your Enthusiasm, because that's just plain goofy. But even Glow doesn't, right? No not, no, not at all. Glow is definitely more of a dramedy. Blackish, though, I will say, you know, even though the sort of serious arcs got uh, more attention this season and in past seasons, for Bang for Your Buck, it still delivers laugh out loud moments every week. Like, it really does still deliver what you want from a sitcom. So I think it definitely, you know, I would love to see it win at some point. So, Kristen, is that your should win? You know what? Yes, because I'm going to think ahead to next year's Emmys and say Glow Season 2 for next year's Emmys. So my should win is going to be Blackish. I agree with you. My should win is going to be Blackish, too, for all the reasons you just laid out. Lynette? I'm going to say Silicon Valley because, to me, that one comes closest to a situation comedy. And it's just goddamn funny. I did not like that season at all. I love those guys. I, it's To me, that's become... Uh, Big Bang-ish in that you tune in for the ensemble, and I love that ensemble. All right, Kristen, who is your will win? Atlanta. I think, uh, you know, we talked about this before, and I do think that uh, it's going to be hard. You know, maybe Mrs. Maisel could squeak it out, but I really don't think it will. I think if anything has a chance to beat Atlanta, it's possibly blackish, but I think it's going to go to Atlanta. I agree completely. It got 16 nominations or something like that. I think it's going to be a bit of an Atlanta tidal wave. Rightly so. It was a great season. I think that we're, what we're all getting at is that we wish there were a little more joy and laughter in this category. More silliness. A lot more. So, I mean, Curb was silly. Uh, it's funny. We haven't even talked about it even as a, a could or should because it's not as because we're looking at how strong the material is that they're dealing with in these other shows, which are not just, you know, total guffaw filled. All right, Lynette, you have the final word. Who is going to win this category? It's going to be Atlanta. I mean, if any other one wins, it'll be, I think it'll be a shocker. It'll be a good shocker. 
if you know Barry all of a sudden, but I, I doubt that will happen. Yeah, I can't even tell you who might squeak through. Maybe Mrs. Maisel, but I just Atlanta feels like a lock in this category. It's interesting when you keep looking at the list. Uh, you have to do the math because you think, okay, well, if they don't give. Rachel the win for comedy actress than maybe Mrs. Maisel, or if they give uh, Tracy Ellis the win for uh, lead actress, then maybe Blackish won't win. You know, you have to. It's hard to say in a vacuum without knowing, because when you're filling out a ballot, you really do probably try to spread the love. But I think if we're just going in a total vacuum, looking at this list, I, I find it hard to believe that anything would be able to edge out Atlanta. Up next, we've got a very special guest, somebody who was nominated in a Best Comedy category, so you're going to want to stay tuned for our interview for that. After joining Saturday Night Live in 2012, A.D. Bryant has made us laugh with her musical performances like Do It On My Twin Bed and her impressions of everyone from Adele to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. This year, she's earned an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, so this year, you got married, you co-starred in I Feel Pretty, and you got an Emmy nomination. So you are crushing 2018. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So you appeared in so many great sketches this season, but the episode I believe that you submitted was the April 7th episode with uh, Chadwick Boseman? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was packed with so many great moments for you. What were some of your favorites from that episode? Oh, my gosh. You know, it's all a blur to me now, but the main thing that I remember from that episode was the, like, Cardi B, ADB video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was truly, like, my highlight of my season for me. It was just, like, such a fun, fun, fun shoot. And kind of, like, something that we kind of, like, whipped up as, like, oh, let's just, like, toss this to the table. They probably won't make it. And then they did, and it was so fun. And it was so cool to, like, you know, I'm a huge Cardi B fan, like, truly a diehard. Mm -hmm. I've been, like, following her on Instagram forever, and <laughs> I love her music, and I just think she's, like, such a bright light so it was such a joy to to get to shoot with her and then after she saw the video she was like ah do I really act like that and she was just great like it was really <laughs> fun you know how did that idea come about like have you always tried to channel your inner Cardi B or what where did that idea come from oh totally <laughs> yes I'm still trying to channel her right now um no I mean I my friend Oz Rodriguez, who directed that video, um, he and I have collaborated on a ton of stuff, including like all the girl music videos we've done and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And and he was basically like, Haiti, you got to do something with Cardi B. Like, you got to. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So then I kind of sat down and I started thinking about like if we would want to put her in a sketch or something. And and I was like, no, you know, it's so weird because my whole life people have always called me ADB, like growing up and stuff. Uh -huh. And I was like, I'm ADB and she's Cardi B. And I was like, what if we kind of had a, you know, I tried to become more like Cardi B. And so <laughs> then I sat with Michael Che and, um, and another Austin writer, Will Steven, and with the three of us kind of just like whipped it up. <laughs> we, we wrote it really quickly. Um, but it was super fun to pitch on. And um, and then, yeah, we put it to the table and it got picked. So, well, so it kind of was a well, mix between Oz Rodriguez, me, Michael Che, and Will Steven. We all kind of like had had a little idea together. What was Cardi's first reaction when you pitched it to her? 
Well, she was really, like, she was basically, it was the day of her sound check. And you have to remember, like, so at that moment, I think her album was coming out the next day. Two days after that, on Saturday, she was going to reveal her pregnancy to the world. (laughs) And, I mean, it was like a huge moment for her, like a crazy, had to be one of probably the craziest times of her life, you know. And so... To go in there and be like, hi, Cardi, would you like to do this very dumb video? It's kind of scary, you know, because right. I was like, this is a megastar. Um, but she was totally lovely. And she kind of was just like, cool. Yeah. Like she didn't ask a lot of questions. She was like, great. And um, and then, yeah, we shot it. I mean, the time that we shot with her was maybe 15 minutes. It was quick, you know, because she was so busy. She was like in the thick of her album right. promotion and all that stuff. So we literally shot with her for 15 minutes. It was kind of crazy, um, but it was it was awesome. <laughs> well, that was just one of the standout sketches uh, you were featured in in that episode. Another one was a great sort of commercial for pro-chiller leggings, which was the Nike oh, leggings yes. for women who just want to sit on the couch and, and do nothing. You're on the couch watching Bravo going from couch, bed, (laughs) other side of couch in that sketch. How did that come about? Yeah, so I wrote that one with Sudi Green and Fran Gillespie, who are two of the uh, writing supervisors at SNL. And that was an idea we had had kind of a while ago, and we had kind of written it up and put it to the table. And I forget what happened. I don't remember exactly what week it was, but basically we put it to the table and people were like, oh my God, we love that. But there was some sort of like timely commercial parody or some Mm -hmm. trailer that was based on something that was coming out that week. So they sort of ended up being like, oh, let's like put that sketch aside and we'll find a different week for it. And so we resubmitted it that week. And I was like, ooh, so it's hard to resubmit stuff because people have already heard the jokes, you right. know, and it's like, are they going to – they might be like, oh, we remember that. That was funny, but we'd rather have something new. And it went back to the table, and it did great, which was awesome. And then, you know, they were like, okay, how – the tricky thing was also that basically, you know, we shoot all the videos on Friday. Uh-huh. And so I had to shoot the Cardi B video on Friday, but – they also had this Nike Pro Chiller legging. So it was like, how how on earth can I be in both places at the same time? And I think I worked a 24-hour day that day. Oh you know, gosh. like I literally worked straight. It was crazy. In total, I think for over the two days, Thursday to Friday, I had worked straight for about 36 hours. It oh. was like insane. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> But it was awesome. And it, it was it, awesome. It felt like a marathon. And it certainly paid off. That episode was a real standout for you as well. I mean, there were a couple other oh, great, great, great sketches. You were one of the doctors uh, in the medical breakthrough sketch for the first pregnant man, but the, oh, yes. which was amazing. But the one I really want to talk to you about, because it's just so insane as well, is the Disney sketch. You were a worker at the Disney attraction <laughs> oh where, God, where women are supposed to see they're supposed to see their favorite Disney princess in the mirror, but for some reason R. Kelly keeps appearing in the mirror. And yes. what's great about yes. that sketch is like you all, Leslie, it's I believe Kate, but you're all maybe it seems like you're all about to break. Like what where did that idea well, come from? <laughs> so I didn't write that one. Brian Tucker wrote that one. He's one of the head writers at SNL, but those kind of sketches are they seem kind of simple, but they're actually technically so difficult yeah. to do live because there's a lot of moving parts. And 
you know, like one thing that was making it so difficult was the people behind the mirror couldn't really hear our dialogue. So they had to like just sort of go off of what they thought was happening. They also <laughs> couldn't see us because it's like a two-way mirror. So they just see themselves, their right. own reflection, and we can see them. I mean, it's like there's so many moving parts. And I always love sketches like that because something is, like, bound to go wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, and it's the fun of being on SNL is, like, something live and insane is going to happen. And I've had many moments like that where, like, you know, a camel, like, walked across the screen or something <laughs> that was, like, just out of our control. And this kind of felt like that where it was, like, this thing might go off the rails at any moment and, like... <laughs> We're scared, but all you can do is laugh. Right. Well, just also that my responsibility in that sketch wasn't exactly to be like the funny one. It was sort of to be the straight man. And like sometimes in those positions, you're like, just keep saying the line, <laughs> like just keep going. You know, and I think I think I forget exactly what happened, but I feel like Leslie like skipped a line or something. Something happened where we kind of got off. And so then we had to get like back on track. It was just like, I think we all knew it was a little bit off the rails, but it was also an insane idea, so it kind of worked. Exactly, you know? right. It, it makes it more fun yeah. for you and the audience. It's funny because you play such a variety of characters on the show. You know, you can really plug into almost any sketch, which is one of the things that makes you so great on the show. What is your favorite type of character to play, and what are the ones that you find kind of the most challenging? Oh, that's a very nice compliment first. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um I mean, I the thing that I love about SNL is just, like, the variety. Like, literally, you get to do so many things, and there are shows where, like, I mean, that show is a good example where, like, in one scene, I got to be literally dressed up like Cardi B in a full music video in, like, a crazy kind of, like, bikini <laughs> and, like, a fur and, like, a huge blonde wig and, like, in my underwear. And in another sketch, I got to wear sweats and like lay on a couch and, or like, you know, just like, it's like these extremes are so fun to play. And I, that, that's the thing I love about SNL every week is it's totally different and you never know what you're going to have to do. And sometimes, I mean, like even Sarah Huckabee Sanders for me, like that was sort of something that I sort of got assigned, you know, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. And, and it's like, okay, I have to find out what I want to do with this person or how do I want to do this impression or whatever. And it's like, it's a fun challenge to have to like rise to meet. You know what I mean? Um, with Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you do such a great job with the voice, but then obviously she becomes like, there was the music video where she starts singing uh, oh, yeah. and all of that. Like how, what was, how did you decide what your approach to her was going to be? Well, I mean, one, watching a ton of clips you know, and then I really try to find what is like funny about the person, just like, you know, because I mean, a lot of the stuff she's saying isn't very funny right? <laughs> in real life. <laughs> and it's not, it's not always fun to watch either. And so I think what I try to do is like find qualities in that person that remind me of something else. She always kind of reminds me of like a Southern softball coach, just like <laughs> super matter of fact. She tries to, like, rally the team and get them to listen to her, and they won't. And it's a lot of, like, come on, guys, like, you know, in this way that is, I, I don't know. It was something that I was like, oh, I can kind of hook into that, and right. that feels like a fun place to live more so than, like, <laughs> the things that she was saying. You know right. what I mean? Um, right, right. So, yeah, for me, it's just, like, finding where I'm like, oh, I know what that person can do. So. Right. 
looking ahead to next season, what what are some things that you'd like to do, some types of characters that maybe you haven't gotten to do yet? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. I mean, I don't know. Right now I'm, like, just enjoying the chilling <laughs> summer and not, um, not really thinking about that kind of stuff yet. But you know what? I, I guess last season I did two sketches I can think of. One, I did, like, a weekend update as myself, and then I did that, Cardi B, ADB thing as myself, and obviously it's like kind of a, you know, like a persona version of myself right. that was sort of a, a totally new world for me because I really am like a sketch person who comes from improv and characters, and and that was like really, they, they were hard for me, and they were kind of difficult, and it's not, I think, you know, Pete and Leslie and a lot of the people who have, Che, have a stand-up background, and I'm less comfortable in that stuff, and those things felt very like challenging and fun to me. Um, and so, I don't know, I don't know. I would like to try and like write another update as myself or do that kind of thing. Cause it is like, it's just like kind of a, it feels like a new muscle to flex exactly. for me, which is fun. And I'm glad you brought up that update uh, monologue you did as yourself. You know, you were talking about the huge pay disparity be- between Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams for the, all the money in the world reshoots. And during that bit, you said you were offered the role of quote, fat, ugly prison wife who brings inmate sex and cake. Did that really happen? Yes. No, no, that really did. Yeah. Tell me everything. What? I don't understand. How could somebody offer you that role? I mean, you'd be surprised. (laughs) Like that is a particularly bad one, but I've also been offered other roles where like, the entire joke of the character or of a movie or something is that like no man would ever be attracted to me. And I just, to me, this stuff, it's just like not reality. Like that's not my real life. I've, I've dated, I've had boyfriends. I'm a married woman in a nice relationship. Like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just, those are the kind of things that like, if you put those out in a, in TV or movie, those are messages that girls are receiving that like, I think are really unfair and, and despicable and it's it's very shocking to have someone earnestly send you that and and think that you might consider doing it and you know I feel very lucky that like I have a very steady job at SNL and I I'm doing fine and I'm doing great but like you know what if I was really dying for a part would I have considered it more Mm -hmm. deeply maybe I don't know and that that's a difficult thing to think about so you know I think um (laughs) <laughs> this is not necessarily like a fun topic to talk about, but it, it's something that I, I actually feel like from when I first started to SNL to now, people have woken up to that a little bit more. Yeah. People are a little more thoughtful. And I think part of that is like time's up and, and people standing up and saying like this stuff is not okay and there's a system that's been in place that's disgusting and you know, right. like, we have to do better. And, and and have more equal representation across the board where we have, like, female leadership and those types of things. And, you know, this was a script that was from an all-male team, mm-hmm. and and I think there's something to be said for that, you know. Um, and that's not to say that the only kind of stuff I get sent. I've been sent many wonderful things that I was excited to do or wanted to do but couldn't or those kinds of things. Yeah. So, but it happens. It does happen. And it's totally jarring and totally revolting. (laughs) So, well, I think you're doing uh, a significant part to help, you know, change that just by the fact that, you know, you do play so many different types of characters on the show and you do, none of the jokes are about like, oh, this is what I look like or anything. It's just, you play a variety of different characters and clearly people are recognizing it. 
Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. That yes. means a lot. Well, thank you so much. I know you have to head out, but I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. And congratulations on, again, your killer 2018 so far. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Chasing Emmy. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and rate us, and we'll see you next week. Today's podcast was brought to you by the Prime original series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, from executive producers Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino. It stars Rachel Brosnahan, Alex Borstein, and Tony Shalhoub, now nominated for 14 Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Comedy Series. Consider it marvelous in all categories. 